we've got another favourite five collection now. It's Mark Smith, manager of the St. Piran side at St. Austell. He's uh, joined me. He's volunteered to come forward with his uh, five Cornish football legends. We're also going to be hearing from you, Mark, later in the week on our usual weekly Friday fix with Rapper. And the, uh, you, you're, you've selected your St. Piran East team of the season. Uh, so uh, we'll, we're looking forward to that. But first of all, let's, um, well, first of all, sum up your season. Um, yeah, it's, it was it was good um, until it sort of came to an abrupt end last week. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we, we led the league from the first week of the season all the way up to, to its conclusion, really. So, yeah, to, to be in that position for, for the whole year. And at times we were quite comfortably clear at the top. The, the league you know, was pegged back a couple of times to, to only a few points. But yeah, we, I, I felt like we were always in control of, of the league. And we actually got to a point where we played um, all of the teams in the top six, apart from one who we had to play at home. Um, so our running actually looked pretty favourable in terms of, of getting the job done and, and seeing it through to the title. So, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely pleased with the season and how it went up to that point. It's obviously a bit frustrating not to have got over the line, but, um, you know, need, needs must and definitely the right call in the end, I think, was made um, for everyone's benefit and everyone's safety. So, um, yeah, disappointing. But, you know, overall pleased with, with the lads and how they've, kicked on and progressed because effectively it was a, a higher level that we were playing at this season having played in the East Cornwall League last year and up into a step seven league now in the pyramid system albeit it was pretty much the same teams anyway but you know it was in in truth a, a step up so yeah the, the young players in the team have really stepped up and improved from last year and that's what a reserve team should be all about really is is improving players and developing them to get an opportunity to play in, in the first 11 and loads of the lads have done that this year under under Chris Knight, so it's been um it's been a good season in that sense as well for the club. Yeah, and of course, St Austell Reserves, they I think I'm right in saying you were pretty keen on the original concept of the the new Superior League uh, Step Seven being uh, covering the whole of the county. That didn't work out. Yeah. Um, was that your only disappointment, Rue, that it wasn't uh, uh, you know uh, throughout the county league? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, we played Hale in the uh, the League Cup, and and the lads really enjoyed that fixture. It was a tough game, but they enjoyed playing at a new ground against new opposition, and that was something that we were definitely looking forward to with the, with the two leagues being combined as, as as such. And we were looking forward to again playing at some new grounds and against some some new teams, which are giving us a new challenge. Yeah, you know, it was still good to play against a lot of the similar teams that you've played in the last couple of seasons at East Cornwall level because you understand them and you and you know them and you know the players and, and managers that you're playing against. But I think it would have been nice to, to have a proper competitive East and West division. But we're, we're going to say that because we're positioned in the, in the centre of the county. Mm. So logistically, it would have been easy for us. Whereas if you look at Saltash, for example, them travelling all the way down to a hail probably wouldn't have been um, as... Uh, as uh, They wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as, as, as our lads did, given it was only sort of half the county to travel. So I think that was the main reason why it didn't come off and... Um, fair play to, to to Steve at the league for actually sorting and, and, and arranging it into two separate leagues because it was obviously more administration with more teams there and more fixtures to sort out. But he you know, did a great job of making two good leagues of it. And it seems that both leagues have been competitive and, and were looking like they'd go to um, to an exciting finish. So definitely worked out in the end, I think. Yeah. OK. Well, let's um, let's talk about why uh, you're with us. You're five Cornish football legends. Now, 
So yep. uh, is this covering the whole of the county uh, over the whole period that you've been interested in football, I take it? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, and and the, the ones that I've picked are ones that I felt like have had either a bit of an influence on me or I've got a bit of a connection with for a number of reasons. And, you know, this is predominantly from, from watching and, and watching footballers when I was younger. And then, you know, while still playing, obviously watching local, local football as well and, and managing, you still get around to watch other games when your team isn't playing. So a bit of a combination of that, really. But, yeah, I, I, there were players who I could have included as, as corner football legends, but I didn't see too much of them play. Right. Rafa is an example. <laughs> I never, oh, never no, really saw Rafa play. Don't mention him, for goodness um, and all, Yeah, well, this, this is all, all I hear is stories, but um, <laughs> I, I, do, I, do, I do have a, a Rafa-related story, actually, Dave, that you'll probably like to hear. Oh, right. So I, in, in my um, first season when I started playing football at 16, I was at Nampian mm-hmm. and it was a pre-season friendly and I was I was on the bench and Rappo turned up to, to play just as a one-off, I think. I think he knew the, the managers at the time, mm-hmm. Dave Hooper and um, Gary Dyer. And yeah. he turned up late to the game, um, basically just whacked his kit on. Um, he, he, I don't know whether he'd just been on holiday or whether he's got a bit of a natural tan, but he was literally orange. <laughs> um, and he, he also like, he also proceeded to then put some sort of oil on his, on his calf muscles and, and grease them right up. And, um, it was like me, me and my mate, who's obviously first experience in men's football, were like, what's this guy? You know, who, who's he? And he, and he was, this was towards the end of his career as well. So he was, he was, he was a fair old size. And, um, he basically just just went straight into the team. Like it hadn't been to a training session or anything. I think they were trying to sign to play for them at the time. And he went straight into the team. And me and my mate were like, surely this guy can't be any good. And lo, lo and behold, he goes and bangs in a couple, doesn't he, in the first half. And we're then thinking, oh, right, yeah, that's the reason why. But So that that's my only experience of Rappo as, as a footballer. But mm. so, um, so it wasn't really enough to consider him as one of my five Cornish football legends but yeah. still an interesting story nonetheless the the, uh, the only good thing is that you didn't see him then uh, you know when he had a perm that's you know I could no you know he's always had that sort of orangey tan I must admit but yeah but... yeah well he, he the haircut he had in that game was a bit of um, almost like an Elvis sort of like <laughs> slick back <laughs> black hair going on yeah it's, uh, right. it's interesting interesting yeah. to look at but... right well He's not one of your five legends. So no, he's I'm, not, unfortunately. No, he didn't make it. So let's hear, 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 let's hear the first selection. Okay, so uh, first one I'm going to go with is um, Adrian Street, otherwise known as Sage. Um, so when, when I was growing up, my, my dad used to play for St. Blasey first and second team. So although I've always lived in St. Austell and been a St. Austell lad, we, we used to watch St. Blasey an awful lot more uh, in, in the sort of mid and late 90s when I was growing up. Um, they were obviously the best side around then, weren't they, with... Mm-hmm. With that, with that side that they had, uh, particularly towards the end of the nineties, and Sage was was playing in that team. Um, also, you may may or may not know Sage's son Jake has been my captain at mm. St Austell for for a few seasons now, and they have a lot of similarities in the way that they play. Most notably, that they like a tackle and tend to um, make the referee go to their pocket an, an awful lot. Um, but you know, both both players that you really want in your team, and that always stood out when I watched Sage, is that he's definitely someone that you wouldn't want to play against. But you would definitely want him in your team for his sort of tenacious qualities and always strong in the air, whether he played at centre back or or in midfield. Uh, did struggle to stay on the pitch, as, I, as I've mentioned in, in a lot of those games. But I think he was one of those players that was probably a bit undervalued in that St. Lazy team and 
again, when he was missing through suspension, they, they might have missed him a little bit for sort of holding together in midfield or, or playing at centre-back and, and um, defending his box. Probably particularly in the winter months, he probably came, came into his own stage. But mm. um, one of these people who's, who's probably a bit, of a bit of an animal on the pitch, but a really nice bloke off it. And Jake, Jake's exactly the same. <laughs> um, you, know, you wouldn't want to play against him, but definitely one that um, everyone gets on with off the pitch and, and a really nice chap. So Jake, Jake sort of has taken a lot of qualities from Sage, definitely. Good. And I, I bet you that uh, Sage would have been a, a marked man anyway for the referees. I bet he was already... Oh, of course. course. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah they, they they probably had his name sort of already penciled in and then mm. just need to put a tick against it or, some, or something. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they they definitely wrapped up a fair few cards over the years. But, but, but again, you need players like that to sort of intimidate opposition and ruffle up feathers, don't you? It's yeah. always sort of an important factor in the team. And, and again, Jake was really good at that for us, so... Okay. Yeah, I uh, had to had to include Sage in there. Um, next one is is a teammate of Sage's for for a number of years, and that was um, was Glenn Hooper. Um, Glenn was probably the the main man in that St Blasey team when when I used to watch him when I was growing up. Probably in his prime around around then. He used to get easily thirty goals a season from from what I saw. But he um, proper centre forward, you know, in and around the box would hold the ball up and score all sorts of goals. Um, led the line up up front really well, but he he was one of those who you, you first notice of um, things like sort of gamesmanship and 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 making the most of of contact and being really clever in that sense. And um, yeah, he was sort of you know, before his time in, in in doing that in local football. But he um, there's, there's another connection with Nampier and with with Glenn actually because I don't know if you remember. Years ago, and this, again, this was before my first season in men's football. I, I was 15 at the time, and I'd already agreed to sign for, for Nampian for the next season. Mm. But at the time, it was it was that season when they were they were about to be relegated, and they played. I think it was uh, Camelford at, at Victoria Bottoms, yeah. and if they lost the game, then they would have got relegated down to the Dutchy Leagues at that point because they were right at the bottom of East Cornwall. And the, the Nampian team that this will embarrass Glenn a little bit. But the Nampian team that day was made up of seven St. Blasey first team players and a couple from, from some other peninsula clubs. So they basically loaded up with ringers. You had like Justin Harrington and Glenn and um, Sage played as well. and um, A few others from, from St. Blasey players in that team. And they won 1-0 and, and Glenn scored the only goal. So um, I almost need to thank Glenn for keeping Nampian in the, in the East Cornwall League for, for the end, at the end of that season and, and made sure that I was actually starting off my football career at, at senior level. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure if Glenn remembers that game, but, um, yeah, a bit of, a, bit, of an, a bit of an embarrassing moment for him, maybe, that he sort of kept Nampier up when it wasn't his team. But Yeah, uh, but he obviously had a good connection there with Nampier because only the other day I saw a photograph um, of uh, when he was a lot younger in an Nampian yeah. team uh, photo with his dad in it as well. So uh, yeah, well, well Dave, Dave was the manager, so that was obviously the connection there. But yeah, um, yeah so you know that the whole sort of players dropping back and referred to as ringers is it, it happens, doesn't it? And, yeah. You know, sometimes teams it's their prerogative to do it, isn't it? Because it's not it wasn't certainly wasn't breaking the rules at that point. No. And in the end, it probably helped Nampian out a little bit to sort of stay where they were, and I had some really good seasons there as a result. So. Yeah, you know, definitely thankful that they did stay in that league. However, it was done was was another thing. But um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, that was my memory of Glenn anyway. Right. Third choice. Um, third choice is uh, Gary Wilden. 
So uh, Gary and I have always had a, a really good relationship, given that he was my college lecturer, and then we worked together at, at Cornwall College as well. Um, Gary sort of had like two peaks, and um, they were um, one of them was was early in his career when he was young, and he was playing at Falmouth Town when they won senior cups and leagues, and um, you know plenty of trophies down there, and. Then he went to uh, Newland East, who were a Dutchy team at the time, and he was player manager there. And um, that was when I was sort of he was he was my teacher at college, and he um, he would join in the uh, the the games when we had training at college, and you could never get the ball off him; it was impossible. And uh, yeah, so I, I remember sort of when he sort of had that phase where he went we went to Newland East and dropped out of the the sort of top tier, um, and then he went back to Sonostal. And obviously then watched him an awful lot more. And he, uh, I think he was captain when they were um, in the Senior Cup final. I think they lost in 2011. He was also played, I think, when they won in 2009 when they beat Soltash. Do you remember that St. Blasey? Mm-hmm. That was the one where Nanks headed the ball out of the keeper's hands. I think I think Gaz oh, was yeah. in that team yeah. as well. So, yeah, he sort of had like a, like a second wave of his career where he was a, a bit older and more experienced, but really led and drove that, that Sonostal team on in, in that era. And then um, also then as as a player manager went and won the junior cup with Varian a um, few seasons after that. So, you know, longevity in his career as well, but he was still turning out at 40 and, and winning trophies and, and making a contribution to, to local football. So yeah, proper legend and one that's really influenced me and even more so from a, from a management point of view as well. He's, he's really influenced me to, to become a manager and, and sort of hone my skills and attributes as a manager and took an awful lot from him when he managed me in that in that college team. So, yeah, definitely a, a Cornish football legend for me, Gaz. Yeah, good one. Right. Um, and then last two, I, I couldn't leave these two out. Um, I thought about including one and not the other and someone else, but I know I'd get some stick off them. Um, you had him the other week on your quiz, which was great to listen to. Uh, Neil Slate for an Ollie Brokerchair. Um, oh, two good, right. two, two, two good mates of mine. I, I know they're not retired, but definitely... Cornish football legends, given given what they've achieved, and I think people actually forget how long they've been playing at, at the very top level. Now, I think over ten years, both of them. I know both of them started as sixteen-year-olds. Ollie, I remember, started as a sticker. They might have been an East Cornwall League team at the, at the time, but he, he soon went to Sonostal as a, as a young lad, and then onto Bodmin and, and was was winning senior cup finals. Uh, on his own, really, at sort of 21, 22, when he when he was still young and, and really sort of a talismanic figure in that Bodmin side that won so many trophies. And Neil obviously joined him, I think, a, a season later, and they sort of struck up a really good um, relationship on the field as as well as off it. And um, in that Vars run that Sonostal had, they were both instrumental. I think Slate's maybe slightly more than than Brokes in that season, given that. Brokes was suspended or injured a little bit more than, than Neil. I know Neil scored some some really important goals in that run. Ollie might have as well, but none of them necessarily spring to mind. But uh, you know, and and they sort of were still in the the Snossel first team when I took on the reserves as well, and were really good for our lads in training sessions. Or I think once or twice they might have sat on the bench for me. Or Neil played, I think, a game up at Tavistock, and they were really good for our for our young lads to learn off them some things they do that particularly Ollie, that may not be the best to learn from, but um, learn from his mistakes maybe as well. But so still still doing it now at sort of 28, I think Neil is, and 27, Ollie, I might be a year out on that. Apologise if that's wrong, lads. But it's, um, yeah, still competing at the very highest level with the two, two of the best midfielders in the county and 
probably would have gone on to win another league title this year to add to their collection. But I'm sure their uh, trophy cabinet isn't necessarily um, lacking lacking trophies in it for them to miss out on the on the on the ones that they did this year. But still, plenty more to come from them as well. Still got a, a few seasons left at, at the very highest level, and um, I'll be looking forward to to sort of seeing them play for a few few more years yet because they're. They're both quality players, and as I mentioned, great lads and great characters. As you saw the other day when they when they came on you on your podcast, they're they're really good and, and really good for for the local game as well. To to sort of as I've already mentioned, inspire young players, particularly from the Sonosto area, to to go and achieve as much as they have. And, and they're definitely good role models in that sense. Okay, uh, I mean, great five there. You've got what Adrian Street, Glenn Hooper, Gary Wielden, Neil Slateford, and Ollie Brokenshaw. Um, yeah. Yeah, make right. a five side team out of that. Yeah, I think you could. Uh, although, as you said earlier, Sage probably wouldn't stay on the pitch very long. But, uh, <laughs> no. And, uh, no. and Ollie would either be uh, having to put his baby to, to bed or uh, yeah, his dog, or wouldn't he? So that's no good. Hundred other things that he that he takes on and and, and tries to do and, and gets muddled up with where he's supposed to be and double books himself. It's <laughs> yeah, part part and parcel of being of being mates with Ollie is that. Um, yeah, you, you know he um, he's always got something else that he could be doing or somewhere else that he should be. But yeah, that's part of his part of his character, definitely. Right. Thanks very much for that, uh, Mark. Um, Jake, no yeah, problem. Enjoyed fant- it. Fantastic five, and uh, we'll be speaking to you later in the week. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. Cornish Soccer Podcast.